Welcome back to the second set. It has 13 lucky people in it. Busy. And this Im this impertinent object is uh, in, f in front recording everything I say and recording everything you say. Should you be one of the, I don't know why you didn't record the first set. Anyway, it's going for the second set. Leaf Norman, Leaf, Snor Leaf Norman's amazing gadget. You're recording this for podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Usual permissio. How about I don't know. Do you want to do you want to say it? Because no, you're doing better. great. No, I'm not. That that Leaf is recording the second half of this reading uh, for you know event possible eventual full or partial transmission on his podcast. So if any of you do anything here and you you know up and, and it gets recorded and you don't want it to go out over the ether. Talk to the man and say no. Otherwise, silence is assent. Is that what we say? In a fake democracy, silence is assent. <laughs> exactly. Fake democracy. It's really silence is assent. I'll make you a t-shirt says that. <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> you should make everybody a t-shirt that says that and just carry on making other t-shirts. Uh, Leif Norman is also one of the readers in the second set, so he will implicate himself fully. I love this thing. It looks like the cover of the Kate Bush album. Okay, let's get going. Am Four I, minutes. Am, uh, am I hosting or not? Did you want me to? No. Oh, shit. No, I didn't even know you were offering. No, you're not. Well, fuck off then. Okay. Piss <laughs> off. Sit down. Is that going to go out in the transmission? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, the next reader I like to think of is, uh, well, the hub that, that is in the wheel of uh, the Writers Collective, because basically she is. Sonera. No one's holding the devices, and that's when I get to tell you every type of cheese I like for 10 minutes. <laughs> Just one. It's called Life Support. Stuck in this stifling place, a two-year-old copy of Flair languishing unread in your lap. The walls, though obvious, become a somehow reverent focus for the eye. Muted, monotone gray, interrupted every few feet by helpful instructional posters that offer useful tips like, don't stare or question the other visitors, don't make too much noise or forget to turn off your cell phone before entering the ward. Clever guidelines taunt you, bright, unblinking eyes in bold face, as if when you're surrounded by death and dying, you need to be reminded of the various ways you are obnoxiously alive. And so you construct a plan. Tell yourself that once this is all over, you'll find some muffled morning to slip into your most silent shoes and innocuous clothes and slink back into the ICU, slow and measured like a morphine drip You'll switch out those posters for your own, ones that tell you just what to say to those relatives you don't recognize, always the ones who cry too hard, hold you far too long, that explain chronic renal failure and the missing echocardiogram, that put into easy words what your intubated grandmother means when she blinks at you, insistent, when she endlessly rattles her restraints. Okay, please welcome up the next hip-hop artist, Luella. I lied. 
When I was little, I lied, or at least for one year I did. Not big lies, no, no, not those big fat whopping lies about who broke the fancy red glass vase or who peed on the couch or who printed such nastiness on the neighbor's fence with ink marker. No, no, my lies never affected anyone else except maybe my mother whose weary voice rose along with her blood pressure every time a fib gurgled from my lips. The next reader is uh, youthful, but this should not be held against her, uh, because uh, it seems uh, she's already writing poets at her age that uh, I was incapable of writing at twice it. Please welcome Yulika Mayer. Her family thought her pure and true, pretty little Emma. No one knew she was sad and blue. Pretty little Emma. Her body she would hurt and maul. Pretty little Emma. One day she decided to end it all. Pretty little Emma. Yes, she decided to end it all. Pretty little Emma. The children of the rocket man, the people of the moon. They come to me, they call to me. I must go with them soon. <laughs> okay, please welcome to the, the, the next reader to the stage, John Cunningham. I wrote uh, back in August, which is an important fact, and I'll tell you why that is important afterwards. It's called Always Leave Them Wanting. It seems so long ago, and yet I can still remember how sweet you tasted on my lips, my tongue. How good it felt to hold you, your smooth white skin, so cool to my touch, my fingers caressing your softness. So hot when the flames came, burning me with desire, my lips Forming an old would envelop your soft brown tips. I'd suckle them like an infant, being rewarded with the release of your essence. You were so submissive to me, giving yourself to me anytime, anywhere. And I took you so many, many times. I was addicted to you, still am, even though two years have passed since I last touched you, since you gave yourself to me. And I still want you, still crave you, still need you. You fill me with desire, flood my mind with thoughts of you, but I will resist because it's so damn hard to quit smoking. <laughs> this was written on the second anniversary of my actually giving up the weed, so. And if you actually examine it, you'll see that everything relates to smoking, although your mind's wandered somewhere else, right? Yeah. <laughs> Apologies to the man on the pork pie hat. Not only am I losing my memory, I'm losing my eyesight. Christian's name was above John Cunningham's. I have now reversed them. Please oh, welcome. Him now. What? Oh, no, sorry. You lucky sorry. guy. Social media languages. Yeah. What do you want for that hat? I have hundreds of dollars. I'll write you a check. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Good. Okay. Please welcome Christian. Okay, this reminds me a little bit of um, the time I uh, talked about the bell jar and reading Rainbow, but um, uh, this is a, a poem that was um, that was that was um, 
based on discovering a new poet named uh, Mina Loy, who's not technically new, she's actually quite quite not with us anymore, but uh, she sort of gets ignored, and she's a really great uh, modernist poet. And uh, this is sort of a love poem. I just was going through her book, and there was a picture of her in the background, and I started weeping on the bus. It was great. Um, I'm sure everyone there appreciated it quite a bit. I was weeping very delicately, so it wasn't, it wasn't the sobbing. It wasn't the indulgent weeping, which you can sometimes do as well. So <clears throat> this is a poem from Mina Loy. <clears throat> Pardon me. Excuse me. Wearing distorted theater curtains, maybe fuzzy dice earrings, and could be claustrophobic scenes where close-ups are sudden escapes. Your heels puncture the pumpkin made for you. Yet she found the exact palimpsest of ghostly images to be the band-aid solution to mummification. An image, nothing more. But still a man wants to be buried in a two-car garage next to his futurist automobile. As wounds tumorously confess clinging to the air, everyone competes for tombstone ephemera and rumors attempted ruins. So too do many acknowledge you were there in medias res, being so self-deprecating that your beauty became entertainment to your expressionisms. Some rosy tint on war, everyone is an artist with a guarded behind. Zeno permeates your heart's apple core and screams serve to rewind. How do you feel about immortality, they ask. The way a statue would about freedom in the life of the nomad, these eyes seeing no point quip gypsied you. The clouds are stone and they move to give grace to sheep to sheep. The problem of feeling too much is doled out by a saint on a nerve string. You better have a lot of nerve to explain imminent tragedy. The confession is lyricized so much that its surrender makes a surrender, surrender flag admit an honest in colors, the temper of your peace. Insomniac in a lucid dream, tragically lit. The raccoon is iconoclast from fashion. You are the wind by the windows where the dreamers sit with declarative tastes pitching their mansions to defamiliarize the box, the place of simple meaning meant, this gingerbread mold. In order to evoke the universe, we cling to the sewers and fight the human cold, the pinprick of the lunar moth's god splat who dies for the sun as things pass, highways set on quickly as printed text. I stammer across your image on a bus after I read of your poem about omens. It is a shock. I am in, I am in love and lust is the first step of a superhero who has his glazed powers projectable from the eye, who goes to the bigger apple, adept at blurring the traffic to get it safely to Horizon Road's residential sky. I express my omen thus. Tiny shadows accumulates these late shadows, twister of twilights with all their might, all their possibilities. Behind you, avant-garde image, you are the salt-laced cu sugar cube squared, opened by contained undulating dimensions, but you are not the cornucopia of repetition. You stick out your tongue, digesting yourself. The poem can be a story with descriptive syntax, pointing everywhere, its other hand is on its heart, reciting the deconstruction of rules. Its universe a playgroundlessness on which we slide, not exaggeration to say the pages collide. A kingdom of words is a jester's freedom. So I hear a laugh revving revolution to the pinnacle of meaning. As a woman, the first to connect the prick of stars by pricket fences, a convention, the event horizon, and you would christen this with a happening. Upon this, I am an old ready-made, formed by life to be submitted to art, dressed as a layman imagines a spy. Thank you. Next reader, I'm probably going to have to huck a dinner roll at his head to get his attention. Hey, ebook. Yeah, it's you. Uh, please welcome the uh, next reader and his ebook. The uh, well, the um, Paul Friesen. Wow. Thanks for having me. Uh, 
Sorry about this. Uh, technology seems to actually make it somewhat more possible for me to function. <laughs> Is this thing on? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. Um, okay, I'll just jump into this. Uh, Relata referro. A report reports. Polyptotonally. Um, I think I'm conflicted. Either that or I think, therefore, I am conflicted. Uh, what is this if not a competition? Just another composition? Will I be cryptic? Using today's word from your dictionary, I bring you my abstruse theorem. So yeah, I'll play the cryptomaniac and hold my overthinking head as high as any flag or hyperbole a vexillologist can design. Unless I'm mistaken, again, as I slither into this life aquatic, already burbling with words, narcissism is on the table, or is it nearer to the water table? Either way, I'm in my element. <clears throat> They're pitching tents on the university grounds, so I've taken the day off. If I'm not a refugee on my parents' side, then from what am I seeking asylum? It's from the campus that I'm always drawing. What's a campus, if not a level field, and me feeling stoned like Sisyphus out of joint? If I've learned nothing else, I'll just use a title as a totem, since it's what I'm toting, discourse and its disguises. <laughs> Am I so conflicted because of conflations? The octopus that is that arena called Slam has its tentacles wrapped around me. I'm a leg man, and here's eight of them, like an eight-letter word, uh, opponent. But call me Fall Prison, just as Skip and Mario do. <laughs> because I have fallen into the arena of digetrisen. I was enjoying the Greek word for falling in enjoy your symptom when I nearly fell up the stairs. Identity crisis is mine, saith my complete opposition to opponents, but I'm a sucker for the cephalopodic embrace. I ask you, what doesn't get caught in fishnets, if not me, caught without the gift bought last year, not so far from the fish market fit for Haligonians, for someone you'd think would have the keys to the city by now, or she's no mayor? Mind control techniques are on the table. I'm a voyeur of ex-collectives. Did I mention taking the day off from my own collection? Tidal inlets and literal drift is another token I've taken off the orthogonal shelf or out of moonlit context. The TV's my nemesis, if only to use the name of an episode. I've been told by more than one of my faith-based phylum, you think too much. We're so nice we were named for getting wet twice, which explains the incurable wetness behind my ears. Oh yeah? I'm just too ukrainial. And you've been brainwashed. If you're fresh out of octopi, take this eight-letter word from me, opponent, and subject it to a kind of dissemination. Take every second letter and do what we, you will with it, poet. But make sure it only takes three minutes. Someday I'll come out of my elemental electron's orbit and give you a shell shock like Coquille, Saint-Jacques, or a Norman invasion. Though until time is money that grows on the trees, I, which I can't tell apart from the sap I am, I'll always be on the periphery reason. And that, to her credit, is the slam Andrea's fault. Oh. Oh. <laughs> a hair over three minutes and ten seconds so you only get penalized 0.5 right on. yeah My best if you hadn't stammered yeah. if you hadn't stammered <laughs> okay what yeah it's the is this thing on factor yeah okay uh, we're nearly there folks we have three more readers and the next uh, one is Colin Ward
in uh, 1966, the uh, group of Simon and Garfunkel put out a song called Seven O'Clock's uh, News, uh, Silent Night. And this is along the same lines. It's called By George, and um, it's uh, a, a cento if it works, otherwise lo siento. Yo soy un hombre sincero. Bush said the prisoners at Guantanamo were treated fairly and rejected as absurd. The description of it is a gulag. I will tell you that we treat these prisoners in accordance with international standards, he said. De donde crecen las palmas. The date palm forest in Iraq is the largest in the world. The UN estimates war, pests, and salt have destroyed 14 million plants. Y antes de morirme quiero. War, is not, war does not determine who is right, only who is left. Bertrand Russell. Echarmis versos del alma. Last week, the Bush administration forced Newsweek to back off a story about the desecration of Qurans at Guantanamo after it provoked demonstrations, riots, and more than a dozen deaths in Afghanistan. Mis versos estén en verde, claro. George W. Bush, upon taking office, immediately began a systematic withdrawal from major international treaties to which the U.S. was a signatory. As part of that policy, Donald Rumsfeld informed the Secretary of the UN that the US was officially withdrawing from the International Criminal Court. The military backed off the Red Cross's complaints. Uh, the military brushed off the Red Cross's complaints. Yesterday, a spokesman for Mr. Rumsfeld said the Red Cross had their point of view, which was not shared by the Bush administration. Big surprise. The Red Cross's point of view, however, is reflected in the Geneva Conventions and in American law. Mis versos estén siervo During confirmation hearings, the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, should press Mr. Gonzalez about why he signed off on two legal opinions that justify torture and claimed that Mr. Bush could suspend the Geneva Conventions whenever he liked. Que busca en el monte un paro. The White House. The Pentagon and the Justice Department clearly have no intention of, of addressing the abuse. Indeed, Mr. Bush has nominated one of the architects of the administration's prisoner policy to be Attorney General. The general who set up the system at Guantanamo is now in charge of prisons in Iraq. Con los pobres de la tierra. These are things that make Iraqis pick up weapons and want to kill American soldiers, said Ribahi, sipping sweet tea at a Baghdad coffee house. Under its agreement with the United States government, the Red Cross is allowed access to the detention facilities at Guantanamo and may interview each detainee. In exchange, the Red Cross agrees that it will not make public any criticisms that will, uh, but that they will relay them through the government. El Arroyo de la Sierra. In one case, a guard's urine splashed through an air vent onto a prisoner and his Quran. Me complace mas que el mar. We certainly don't think it's torture, General Meyer says. Let's not forget the kind of people we are down we have down there. He said, these are people who don't know any moral values. <laughs> As a home design robot that listens to iPods, it beat me up in a parking lot. Please welcome Leif Norman. Do you need to have this thing? I'm doing a Paul Friesen. I'm going to do an inspiration sort of from Colin in a way that I'm going to read a bunch of random things which are, haven't been published yet. Of course, he's actually 
been published, so I'm uh, not even that good. <clears throat> we live in our own biological spheres, where we are very comfortable. If you don't believe me, go for a big meal in Bangladesh and tell me how you feel a day later. He's got so much energy when he plays live, but I think he's much more precise in the studio. You can hear it on the CDs, but the vinyl is so much more organic. Oh yeah, well you should see him when he's just rehearsing, you know, working on a new song. Oh yeah, well you should see him eat breakfast, man. He's awesome when he's just sitting there eating grape nuts. Yeah, man, grape nuts. You wouldn't think it, would you? And when he's sleeping, awesome. Just awesome. <laughs> Stuffed animals on the sidewalk for dead children. A round of applause for a robot that just completed a difficult task, crying for fictitious characters. I need some new shoes. <laughs> the most mundane is inspiring. The most magic, tragic is sublime. Gosh, it's exhausting. There are words everywhere, under cars, in tree branches, hidden right there. A sunny day is just as effective as a cloudy day for making poetry language. It's everywhere, it never ends. Look, there's inspiration deep inside your lover's eyes where the goo is. <laughs> Let's skip ahead a little here. God knows what, where this is heading. Uh, it is the language of gender and how science is male. There is an inherent sexuality in the technique. Some nouns are boys and some nouns are girls. But this is ignored when universities get involved. Textbooks are neutral. Feminism has enforced this. Sex has become astrology. Beware of retrograde peril. Mrs. Chemistry and Mr. Sociology had a baby, and they named her the Manitoba Building Standards Plumbing Code Form 6745-B2. I want my porn to be kosher so I can feel better. I'm not Jewish, but I like thinking that someone in authority is looking out for me. I want my curse words to be in another language so I don't offend my friends. I can only speak English, but I don't think anyone else around here speaks Icelandic. How much time? I could keep going for days. Oh, cool. One person on stage and a multitude in the audience. This says something about us. An empty sky and we, sit and we stare at the small cloud. Something so little, a mosquito in a tent, in your ear, a no see buzzing in your face. What does it look like? I don't know. I've never seen one. <laughs> a sigh, a seed, a paper cut from a valentine. It itches, it bleeds. Tiny, tiny grooves on a vinyl record are like the Grand Canyon when the needle follows along. This song is called My Love is Double-Barreled. My criminal record, a scratch across it, is like a political border. It will ruin the song with a repeating pop-pop click. My heartbeat matches the 33rd and 3rd RPM. Kaboom, kaboom. I'm going to write a book for children so young they aren't even conceived yet. <laughs> the adventures of Harry Balsack and the preconceived notion. Becoming obsolete as quickly as possible is something our children will have to live with their entire lives. I'm so poor the cabs won't pick me up. I'm so poor I'm dreaming now. I'm so poor I can't afford to keep my job. I'm so poor they call me Mr. Noodles. I'm so poor it looks like I'm going to have to buy a house. It's you. I'll be brief. I'm reading you a, uh, the opening page of an old poem. It's called in, uh, 
It's called indolent corollaries. Sunrise, <clears throat> sunrise turns up slowly across our city, a boring benison. Tons of piss gravitationally. Was it all the freeze-dried, gold-plated advertising promised, or were you lucky enough to sleep through it? Otherwise, if a tree falls in the forest, can we agree on the color? <laughs> Anyhow, I wake up, unbreakable habit, and tie off my wrist for my morning coffee. Bath, stuff face, out for love and product. I write and tote a slim text so I'll know which groceries to buy. Bigots are 55 cents, veggie, back bacon, 229. Trundle buggy, newspaper boxes leer misfortune out their faces. The gist of too much is we killed something or someone and stand to clear a profit. Good intentions hunt Sandinistan coffee and politically correct bananas. The mountains as through trolley wires, spelling through with an uh, so it rhymes with trough. Am I showboating my social construct, i.e. personality? Uh, veritable no girlfriends or boyfriends, but every day I do get fucked in the head, heart, and pocketbook <laughs> by the president of the free world, only his hair dye for lubricant. <laughs> Chirping how some people like that sort of thing. Having shopped until my <clears throat> seminal vesicles collapsed, keep eyes stripped ear to rail. I should buy the daily drag, but I know what I'd get. Sports, comics, scorecard for motherfuckers. No mention of interlock directorships. Sucker me, laminate you. Cap teeth won't tell why money's homing instinct for apartheid. Instead, routine plane crash. Murdered youngsters. The dream factory's con contribution to the GNP. Invocations of belt tightening for the poor. We stand anthemically in all the liquor store's slowest lineups, buying fifths of pleasure, jugs of painkiller. Check out those sexist buns while humming heedless bits of that poem written about us. Age of restraint. That's it.